we just sang your truths that are unchanged throughout eternity. We sang the church's one foundation is Jesus Christ our Lord. You know, God's work continues no matter what God, what the world does. It's, it's incredible to see that. Um, and just to, just to know that He's the one that's working in us too as believers, that His Spirit dwells within us and, and to see that. And the age-old truths, the book of Jonah, uh, we are very familiar with Jonah and the... Okay, so we connect the great fish to, um, to Jonah and in doing so, there we go, we got it on, all right? In doing so, we often just get caught up in the story and miss the heart of the book of Jonah. And you may say, in our study on the minor prophets, we went through Hosea and Joel. Why did we skip Amos and Obadiah? It's because they're minor, minor. No, 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 that's not it. We are looking in this study book at the prophets, the minor prophets, that call our attention to the awe and wonder of God. We'll be looking at other, the next series, dealing with other themes of the minor prophets. So we're going through these thematically. This is the theme. And, and in looking at Jonah, we often do not see the heart of God. And we'll talk more about that next Sunday. But we will allude to that today. The heart of Jonah or the heart of God. You know, we, we often, it's easy, I have, to come down hard on Jonah. I mean, man, God told him to do something and he just bolted, went the other way, paid no attention to it. Um, he was a reluctant prophet, but throughout the Bible there have been reluctant leaders. Moses didn't just jump at the chance when God told him to lead. Gideon was a reluctant leader. King Saul was hiding in the baggage. He didn't want to lead. Jeremiah had to be reminded by God that, hey, I formed you for this ministry while you were still in the womb. So... It's easy for us to, to come down hard on Jonah. It's easy for us to come down hard on people in the Bible. And I've often thought, we may get to heaven and uh, they may say, Hey, I, I saw you were giving me a bad time for this. And then they might start saying, What about you here and you here and you here? And um, yet through this book, Jonah provided us, I mean, God provided us a picture of human nature. And I want us to begin today by thinking, which it's easy to overlook this, how am I like Jonah? How are we like Jonah? And it's important for us to understand 
we are very much, I am very much like Jonah. Number one, we disagree with God. God came and gave Jonah the command, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. And in Jonah's mind it came up, do I want to do that or no? And it was pretty clear, I don't think that's a good idea. You know, most of the decisions we make, we don't make a decision in saying, I know this will be bad for me, but I'm going to do it anyway. We usually think this is what's best for us. And Jonah disagreed with God. Um, Anything that God was doing in his life, he put it on hold. He says, no, I don't agree with you on this. And um, it's human nature. Adam and Eve, they didn't say, let's be evil, let's ruin our lives and all human nature's lives. They thought, we just want to be happy. We just think this this will be good. And often in our minds, the commands of God, the direction of God goes against what we think will make us happy, what we think will be best for us, and honestly, we think we can't trust God. So, like Jonah, we often disagree with God. Secondly, like Jonah, we despise people. I'm not going to ask you to make a list of people that you despise, but we probably would hesitate in making that list because I don't really despise them. But by nature, we do. Jonah wanted God's judgment on the Ninevites. He despised the Ninevites. They were a wicked people. They were an evil people. And he also had a pretty good idea of God's heart And he knew that God might have mercy on them, and he didn't want that. And in essence, he despised the Ninevites. As believers, our failure in evangelism and missions is not primarily to our failure to know God and his compassion. We know him. We know his compassion. Our failure is mainly to our dislike for other people. There are people in your life that you despise, and you may say, well, they are evil, they are what? Jonah could have said the same thing. They may be politically, diametrically opposed to everything you're for, and, and you might say, well, God hates them too. No, God doesn't. For God so loved the world. And the world includes the Ninevites. It includes people that you think are beyond reach. And, 
and we are often like Jonah in the fact that we despise people. Why do we not reach out to people as, as we ought to? Like Jonah, we run from God. There is a way that seems right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Over and over in our life, we come to points of decision, and we choose either to obey God or disobey. And when we choose to disobey, we're going from the presence of God, as it says here. God's presence is still there, but we're going from the closeness of God. We're going from intimacy with God. And it's easy for us to run from God and, and still appear as though everything is all right. But like Jonah, we turn our back on what we know God wants us to do and we go some other direction. And like Jonah, our disobedience affects others. You know the, the account. I don't need to go into all the details, but um, all the sailors were greatly affected by him. I mean, you don't think about it. Whatever goods they were carrying to other people, those were lost. They were thrown into the ocean. So it affected them. It affected people's business. It, it affected the Ninevites. And... No man lives to himself. No man is an island. Our relationship with God affects others. Or our lack of relationship with God affects others. Like Jonah, in the midst of this, we can be doctrinally correct and we can have peace. Look, look at Jonah chapter 1. And verse 9, they ask him, what is your occupation? Where do you come from? What is your country? And what people are you? Verse 9, he said to them, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. Wow, that is a doctrinally true statement. I fear God. This is the God that made the sea. And this is the God that made the dry land. He is the God of heaven. He is over all. Jonah was doctrinally right on. And Jonah had peace. In the midst of the storm, he went down, fell asleep, and said, Hey, I have peace. I've had many people say to me, I have peace that what I'm doing is okay. It doesn't matter if you have peace. If it violates God's Word, it's wrong. And we elevate peace. I, I feel good about this. I have peace. Others have approved it. It doesn't matter what peace I may have. And often people counsel, well, if you have peace about it. No, if it is directly opposed to something God says, Satan will give you a false peace. And so we need to be very careful. Just because you have peace about something doesn't mean it's of God. 
So Jonah passed the doctrinal test. He spoke truth. He had peace. And yet, he was completely out of fellowship with God. And like Jonah, we quote-unquote obey when we are in deep enough trouble. I mean, I don't quite get this, and I'm not bashing on Jonah, but I don't know that it would have taken me three days and three nights to cry out to God. But you know what? In our lives, sometimes it takes us three years to cry out to God. But Jonah obeyed. We'll see, as you know, the rest of the story. His heart still wasn't totally in line with God. But when it gets bad enough, when it gets, when you get low enough, and I think you can honestly say no one's ever been lower than Jonah. He was at the depths of the sea, all right? But when we get low enough, like Jonah, it's, inducive for us to obey God. And we need to check our heart. Am I obeying God just to get out of this trouble or has my heart changed? As we said earlier, one of the purposes of the book is to give us an understanding of what God is like. Jonah, whether he didn't see as God did or whether he refused to embrace it, But he did not see everything from God's heart and God's perspective. And there's many consequences. Not seeing as God sees has a number of consequences that I'll quickly go through. Not seeing as God sees brings disobedience. I don't see that that'd be best for me. I don't see how that would work. Every player in the Jonah account, from the sailors to the storm to the whale to the Ninevites, every one of them did what God wanted, but Jonah didn't. And when we fail to see things from God's perspective, We'll, we'll be in disobedience. We'll walk in disobedience. Disobedience then brings a life of reacting. He disobeyed God, got on a ship. Well, the storm came, so he had to tell them. He had to react to the storm. He had to react to the solution to the storm. Throw me in. He had to react to being in the belly of the whale, the great fish. He had to react to all these things. That's what disobedience brings. We mentioned earlier, not seeing things from God's perspective brings grief to others. And we're not going to belabor that point. Thirdly, when you don't see things from God's perspective, it makes life more difficult. You talk about from the frying pan to the fire. Jonah's life just went from 
One he thought was a disaster, asking me to go to Nineveh, to then the disaster, and it just continued to progress. It made life more difficult for him, and to the point, as we know, he was in the belly of the whale, and and as Jonah described in his own words, I mean, you can't even imagine it. The seaweed around his neck and the stomach acids. I mean, you just think of that. Um, Three days and three nights. It makes life more difficult. When we don't see things from God's perspective, it leads to bitterness and depression. We'll get to this in your study this coming week, but in chapter 4, he was bitter at God. God even said to him, Do you have a right to be angry with me? And Jonah, in the depths of despair, says, God, just kill me. I'd be better off dead. Why? He didn't see things from God's perspective. He didn't see what God was doing. He didn't see God's heart. He didn't see God's purpose. And so it led to a bitter spirit. It led to depression in his own life and, and took him even further down. When we don't see things from God's perspective, we lack wisdom. Wisdom is seeing things from God's perspective. And Jonah thought he had a right to be angry with God. And God raised up an illustration of it through the plant that grew and the worm that came and ate it. And God illustrated with to him, you're lacking wisdom, Jonah. You don't, you don't see things clearly. If there was ever a need that we have in the days we live in today, it's a need for wisdom. And That's why we must give ourselves to see things from God's perspective. When we don't see as God sees, we fight a losing battle. It didn't matter what Jonah did. It was not going to succeed. Because he wasn't wasn't coming at it from God's perspective. He was going at it from his own perspective, his own intellect, his own intuition, his own strength. And you are fighting a losing battle. God came to Saul of Tarsus and he said, Saul, it's hard for you to kick against the goads. When you resist God, it will be hard for you. And you can kick against the promptings of God, the goading that God gives. And the harder you kick, the more it hurts. And Jonah continued to resist the Lord, and he was fighting a losing battle. You and your plans and my plans are not going to succeed against God's plans. He was fighting a losing battle, and not seeing as God sees also dishonors God. We are His children. We are followers of Him. And when we don't see things from His perspective, 
We do things that dishonor Him. We bring shame to the family name. We dishonor Him. Jonah dishonored God. So we ask the question, how do I develop God's perspective in my life? First of all, you must get spiritual eyes. In order to see as God sees, you must have spiritual life. You must have spiritual eyes. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14, it says, The natural man, the man without Christ, does not comprehend the things of God. In other words, there's no understanding to the things of God. Why? Because Ephesians 2.1 says they are spiritually dead. If there was a dead man sitting here, and at the end of the service I said, all right, we're now going to Sunday school, and you can stay in here. The adult classes meet in here, and a study on idols of the heart. There's a, as a man, there's a class for you downstairs for marriage that you're welcome to go to. All that instruction to a dead man is worthless. And we say, duh, of course. But you cannot have God's perspective on your life if you do not have spiritual life. So you must be born again. You must be born spiritually. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. So every one of us have a date in which we were born physically. But there must be a time that we are born spiritually, and that is only through the blood of Jesus Christ saying, I know I am a sinner, I know I cannot save myself, and I believe only Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection pays the penalty for my sin, and I call upon Jesus to forgive my sin. Then we are born spiritually. Then we have spiritual eyes. We'll never be able to know God's will. We'll never be able to see things from His perspective. Until then. But that, that's not enough to really gain God's mind and God's perspective. We must then saturate in the Word of God. I remember years ago hearing Dr. Glenn Jasper say, The Bible is God's mind concerning everything. If you want to know what God thinks, don't ask someone else. Study the Bible. If you want to get God's perspective on life, you must saturate in the Bible. It's not have a little, uh, you know, a little devotional here. In order to have God's mind and to be able to see your marriage and to be see your neighborhood and your church and your finances and your job and everything from God's perspective, you have to saturate in the Word of God. And, and as we do, then he says he will open our understanding. But in order for him to open our understanding, we have to have a desire to that end, and we need to ask God. As the psalmist prayed in Psalm 119, verse 18, 
Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. When you sit down to read the Bible, when you hear um, preaching from the Bible, is it your prayer, God, open the Open my eyes and open my heart and open my understanding that I may know your will, that I may see things from your perspective. Jonah didn't say, God, I want you, I don't, I don't understand why you want me to go to Nineveh. Um, I'm willing to go, but can you help me to understand your ways? Even if God doesn't tell us, when it's clear what we ought to do, we need to obey But many times we have not because we ask not. If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. God, here's a situation in my life. I don't know what to do. I need your wisdom. I'm going to your word to see what your word says about it. If it says anything about this situation, what are principles, what are truths of your word. I'm asking you to guide me into truth. I'm I'm seeking your mind. And then we must obey. We may not know the entire path that God wants us to take, but we know the next step. And that's where O-B-E-D-I-E-N-C-E. It's not enough to know the truth. You must obey the truth. To submit our mind, our will, our emotions, to submit it to God and, and to give to Him our obedience. If you love me, Jesus said, keep my commandments. Jonah knew the will of God. He knew about God, that God is the God of heaven and earth, the seas and everything therein. But he didn't obey. So we ask today, where is the step, the next step of obedience that God wants you to obey? To some, the next step is a step of turning and repentance and going back and saying, this is where I went out of the way. All the things that God asks us to do Many of them are hard for us. They're they're difficult. One, because they go against our natural instinct. They go against the flesh. And so there is that battle and, and it is difficult. But if we obey God, He then gives us the strength. And in the hardness of obeying God... We get to know God. See, the, the simple principle is obedience. Trust and obey. For there's no other way. What was the problem with Jonah? He didn't trust God and he didn't obey God. And the question that comes to every one of us today is what is the next step of obedience that God wants you to take? I mean, God is, in none of our lives is God saying, hey, 
just whatever, freewheeling. I trust you. You'll, you'll do a good job making a decision. God has a will for us in every detail. I mean, do we even seek God's will like, okay, God, today, who do you want me to speak to? Open my eyes that, that I'd see who you want me to minister to, through to this week. God, open my eyes to see from your perspective. See, the people we don't like is because we're seeing from our perspective. We, we really even struggle with this, that God, God really loves that person? I don't know about that. God is not willing that any should perish. Not willing that any should perish. And learning to see from God's perspective. And then, okay, God, I am willing to take this step of obedience. And without question, every individual here, from the youngest to the oldest, there are steps of obedience God wants us to take today. We sometimes think it's the big steps. And they are important. Salvation, following the Lord in the waters of baptism, uh, witnessing, reading your Bible. But it's also in God wants me to give a note of encouragement to this person. God wants me to pray for this person. God wants me to minister to this person. And like Jonah, we often say, I don't have time for that. And we turn and go the Tarshish way. And it doesn't turn into a storm like Jonah's, but we go from the presence of God and we wonder, why don't I have the joy I used to have? Where is the joy? I mean, this Rami that ministers and lives in Syria, his joy is infectious. And I'm sitting there thinking, man, if I only could get water once every ten days. And, and he said, we've got containers. We've been able to get some containers to store the water. I thought, would I have joy if that's, that's it? I mean, food is a hard thing to get. Um, it's just difficult. And yet his joy was abundant. Why? Because he had an intimate relationship with God. And that comes through obeying the next step. Obeying the next step. And as we take the next step by faith of obedience... I mean, it may be honoring, the God, honoring God with the first fruits of your increase. And you might say, I, we're not making it on 100%. I don't know how we can make it on 90%. Trust God. God's ways are perfect. And it's a step of obedience. Whatever it is, you will never regret obeying God.
when Jonah obeyed God, in the long term, he understood God's ways are right. And even in the end. And in understanding that, obedience is the bottom line. He doesn't care how much we know about God. He doesn't care that we dot all the I's and cross all the T's in our doctrinal position. If we don't obey God, we're out of fellowship with Him. So is our heart like the heart of Jonah or is our heart like the heart of God? Heavenly Father, I pray that you would help us to see our own lives from your perspective. Lord, I pray if there is one here today who does not have spiritual life, they have never called upon you for the forgiveness of sin, Lord, I pray today that your Spirit would draw them to you and they would call upon you for the forgiveness of sins and be made spiritually alive, be able to see things from your perspective. Then, Lord, I pray for every one of us as believers. I pray that not only would we see the next step that we need to take, but that we would take the next step. Lord, to some it may be a difficult thing. It may be going and seeking forgiveness from someone. It may be making something right. It may be doing something that they think in and of themselves they don't have the power to do it. But Lord, may our obedience to You bring glory to You. May we see every aspect of our life from Your perspective. And may You be exalted as we walk in obedience to You, as we trust And obey you. So Lord, may we know the empowering of your spirit. And may we know the joy of obedience. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together.